Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the In The Scope Podcast. Hope you enjoy the We'll bring you down. We've got to stop and look around. Look around. Look One and only in the scope podcast with your boy Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media. You can follow me on the Instagram and the Twitter, Josh M. Hicks Media. I got a special guest. She's been on my show before. She's and she decided to graciously come back and grace us with her presence. She is a storyteller, producer. She's been on all types of platforms. He is ESPN to Undefeated, FIBA, Sports Illustrated, you name it. And nowadays, I don't know what in her freelance realm she's been she's been killing it. Obviously, over here taking pictures and being at uh, all these Puma events with Jalen and Jacoby. I mean, I wish I could just you know <laughs> hop on the bandwagon with that too. But you know, she's doing big things in the in the whole NBA sports media realm. I want you guys to welcome Grady Diaz. Grady, how are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, so excited to be back on. I know we last talked maybe during the summer, not really sure, but it's definitely good to reconnect with you and be back on. Um, but I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Oh, no problem. I'm glad to have you back on the show because we got a lot of interesting things to talk about, especially when it comes to the East Coast. I know you've been going, you know, you're living out there. You've been covering uh, some a few teams here and there regarding the NBA and there's a lot of different storylines that have come to play. And I want to start off briefly with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, I know you've been uh, with, the, you know, covering some Nets home games here and there. Um, so you've seen it in person. And of course, I wonder, I, before I jump in, though, did you see my see my Bulls coming to New York and just sweep everybody? Did you just see my? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> you know, I I can't say I expected that. But the fact that they did that, they really, I think, made a statement. Okay. Well, thank you for that because we definitely made a statement. We have arrived. Chicago basketball is back. So I have to, you know, I got to put that out there a little bit, you know, shout out to, shout out to my Bulls team. But at the same time, like I said, let's, we'll go with the Nets. There's been so much going on this, that's within the off season going into now, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant's getting harassed by the media. He's saying, okay, look, I want to play 48 minutes. Leave me alone. Like, you know, what is the, from what you've seen so far this season, what's really been your analysis of the makeup of this Brooklyn Nets team currently constructed? You know, obviously it's, it stinks that they don't have Kyrie. And um, I feel like Kyrie is a huge part of that team. Um, but I feel like they've, I feel like they've done well with the pieces that they have. I think the Brooklyn Nets are a very talented team. 
with DeAndre, um, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, Patty Mills. I mean, I feel like they have so much depth, um, but I think that there's obviously a lot of star power on that team. And I feel like at times you see, I feel like at times maybe they don't mesh as well as you want them to, but again, they're also used to being superstars, right? So I think, you know, I've been to about five or six games this season, and um, I think most of those games have been wins that I've gone to, but honestly, I think, I think the Brooklyn Nets are holding their own, um, but again, the season is still very young. I like to tell people we're only, what, going into week eight, so um, yeah, the season is so young, and anything could happen. I feel like you know, just seeing, just going into this season, everybody was talking about Brooklyn, 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 and Lakers, 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 right? So um, I think Golden State is showing us that mm, maybe we're wrong, right? But at the same time on the East Coast, who knows if we're totally right with Brooklyn too, you know what I mean? So I think that this season is playing out pretty interestingly. Um, but again, I'm just always trying to remind myself and everybody that again, the season is very young. So much can happen. We're seeing so many injuries, so much going on with the, um, health and safety protocols. And it's just like, my goodness, I wish, um, I, I wish, you know, we could turn off these injuries as people say online, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it definitely is, especially when you consider, um, like you said, the missing of Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is a very intricate piece um, to helping the Nets really get to that championship in the finals. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, good big brother mentor of mine, uh, Brandon Scooby Robinson, dropped an exclusive interview, uh, exclusive article this week regarding Kyrie Irving's status. And, you know, he's, he wants to, he's saying, apparently he's looking at a plant free or a plant-based vaccine. I didn't even know that was a real thing. I had no idea either. And I was actually reading a little bit up on it yesterday. And I guess it's coming from a biotech company and based in Canada that's currently doing trial runs, clinical runs. So our clinical trials rather. So that's interesting. Had no idea, you know, this whole plant-based vegan stuff is, is, you know, is a whole new world for so many of us. But the fact that, you know, there's, there could be a plant-based vaccine is just like, it's mind blowing to me, but you know, I mean, if, if, if that means he might come back, cool. You know, I think so many of us would love to see Kyrie back in the league. We want to see him hoop. He's a hooper. Um, so I mean, again, if that means he comes back, then it is what it is. Plant-based rock on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, but it's just, it just intrigues me with, Kyrie as a person, you know, and that just shows how really in-depth of a person that he really is. Cause some, I, I feel like he comes off as very misunderstood sometimes because he is, even though he's very intelligent, he moves to his own too, you know, yeah. to, to, to his own horn. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I just feel like he, I went, I feel like if people really took the time to understand what he truly is trying to do, even though you may not always agree with it, you got to give respect to where it's due, especially since he put his, he has put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, as you know, I cover the WNBA and mm -hmm. the amount of money that he has put into WNBA players and supporting them, whether it's helping, you know, with, off, with off season costs and stuff like that and helping with salaries, he has been such an advocate for, for others 
in general and helping his community and helping, you know, causes that he cares about. So, um, and just helping people. So I think that, you know, on a personal level, like I think Kyrie is, is I think he's a good person, you know, and um, just for a lot of the stuff that he's done. And um, again, none of us really know him, right? You know, we're kind of just talking from the outside. So I feel like at the end of the day, I like to, I'm, I'm one of four, I'm one of four kids and we're all so different, right? And, but you still, you still have love for your siblings. And at the end of the day, the NBA is a brotherhood. So um, I know a lot of players absolutely have love for Kyrie, you know, and regardless of what his decision is, um, but you've got to take people for who they are. And um, what I don't know what else to say, you know. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And, that, and that's very true. You definitely have to do that. Um, and but it's interesting with Brooklyn because they brought in James Harden, mm-hmm. you know, and when they brought in James Harden, they was imagining this big three that's going to bring, take him to the promised land, right? The past this season, James Harden really is a question mark because Kyrie Irving is, hasn't fully committed, obviously because of, his, because of his situation. Who knows what's going to come out of that? Kevin Durant has resigned this past offseason with his extension, so we know he's staying. But James Harden has op- become openly public about, you know, kind of want to see if I want to test the waters a little bit. And He's never done that before in, his, in, in any of his off seasons. So he's looking at doing that. And, I, and you know, with the, with the way he's been playing on the court recently, you know, he's been having an imbalance with that as well, try, saying that he's still trying to figure out the ups and downs of it. What do you make of James Harden and how his play right now, does, how, does, how does that fit into what Brooklyn really needs right now to get to that next level, considering – you know, your really main superstar outside of James Harden's caliber is Kevin Durant. Correct. I mean, I think not having uh, James Harden would be a huge loss. Um, I mean, just what I think yesterday when they played the Rockets, he had a double-double. He had 25 and 11, I believe. So I think that, yeah, he might not be as consistent as you want him to be, but he, I think he still produces. So I feel like... Um, I feel like more than anything, they, they need to kind of figure out a way to work better together. Um, And, you know, I I hope it can work out, but if it doesn't, then he'll have to be, he'll be somewhere else. Right. That, that, that he fits in to, you know, a different system. But honestly, I think that um, I think maybe James Harden is still kind of figuring it out Um, again, not having Kyrie like, and having, you know, some new players on that team. It's, it's, it's an adjustment, right? I think, and even if he goes somewhere else, it will be another adjustment. So I think it's just finding the right place for him um, on the Brooklyn Nets and making sure that kind of everybody is in, is in, is in line with each other, that there's that chemistry. I, I, I kind of was like, okay, James, you know, when you came up with that statement, I'm like, okay, you're one superstar down. All you have to do is just go back to being James Harden of old, but is it really that simple though? Like, I don't know if it's really that simple considering what the makeup of James Harden is. He's a scorer, score mm-hmm. anywhere on the court. Dribbles a lot. Yes, dribbles sometimes, a lot. Sometimes I'm like, bruh, <laughs> bruh, give it up, man. Like pass it. You know, I want to, I want to see more movement. And I feel like sometimes when you're dribbling so much, like it's, and you're not, mo- you're not going anywhere. It's just like, it's, to me, it can be wasted dribbles. I remember growing up, my my basketball coach said, 
you cannot dribble unless you're going somewhere and you only get like two dribbles and that's it. Pass the rock. Let's keep, let's keep emotion. Let's keep this moving. And I feel like at times he kind of slows them down when he's just, you know, doing all his stuff. Like, nah, like, let's see who's open. You know, it's not always about you. So um, I think, I think he just need they, he needs to figure out his place and they kind of, I don't know, the whole Nets squad kind of needs to figure stuff out together. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Everybody listening right now, you are listening to the one and only Grady Diaz. Grady, let's transition to a team that you're really more familiar with closer to the East Coast and home is the Washington Wizards. Yes. I'm not going to lie. They shocked the hell out of me. Everybody, <laughs> they shocked me. <laughs> they, shocked, they shocked me so well, but they're doing well and at the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference. And they've been doing most of it without Bradley Beal being Bradley Beal. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think that this year we we've seen Bradley have a bit more help. So, you know, not everything has to go through him. You know, I think a lot of us were very like, oh, how is this season going to play out? Because they have so many new players. Right. You have Kyle Kuzma, Montrez, you have um, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Rui. Um, has been out this whole season. Thomas Bryant has been out this whole season with his injury. So it, it almost feels like a brand new team because it kind of is, right? So again, that strong start shocked everybody. And seeing them in the number one spot, Eastern Conference, we were like, what? This has not happened. You know, in the four seasons that I've covered the Wizards, like it was never like that. So um, I know that they've kind of, they're kind of in a rut right now. They've lost or actually they won last night's game against Detroit um, with Kyle Kuzma scoring, you know, basically a game winner, Um, but in overtime, but um, you know, prior to last night's game, they had lost like quite a few games. And um, I think that right now the wizards aren't playing like they played at the start. I think something's going on. I think, I don't know what's going on, but I think that there's a lot of potential with them. I feel like they're super talented. I feel like they work well together. Um, but I feel like there's definitely a lot of room for improvement right now. And I think, again, the season, as I said before, is very young. So they have time to figure stuff out. Um, but I do think that their future is super promising based off of how they were able to come out. And, yeah. you know, it's okay that they're, they have a little bit of a hiccup right now. They've lost, I don't know, maybe eight of their last 13 or 14 games, something like that, or not eight. I don't know. I don't remember right now off the top of my head, but you know, they haven't, their past like 10 game stretch hasn't been that great. Um, so I think that, you know, we're kind of giving them a little grace right now. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, the Bulls fans, we've been giving all types of grace all these years in this dark packs era, and we finally just had enough of it. So I'm glad that we, you know, I totally understand with that. But I really got to give shout outs and credits to Wes Unsell Jr., man, the, the yeah. new head coach of that team. I mean, obviously he came into a really unfamiliar situation. You didn't know, you know, they, they dealt John Wall in that offseason. They, you know, they committed to Brad. And, you know, once they made that trade and they traded Russ, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so he didn't really know what he had. And, but for them to put it all together and work with him, like you said, it's basically a new team. Yes. West Unsell does deserve a lot of credit for this as well to be yeah. able to work with these guys and create a structure that currently works for them to make them at the top of the East, even though it is a so early season. 
that's a bright sign to see considering it's a new coach and a completely revamped roster from last year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's just, it's nice to see Bradley Beal having help and him not having to go out and score 30 every single night. Like that's a lot to put the team on your back every single night, day in and day out, which is what he's been doing these past seasons. Right. So it's really nice that he has help. I know that he's kind of had an off shooting season so far, but I'm sure he'll hit his stride soon. Um, although the other night he did have like 34 points. So um, yeah, and I, I think it's really nice to see Bradley Beal finally have help. Maybe he'll sign, you know, his an extension with the Wizards. Who knows? Um, it sounds like he's going to kind of get a better feel of how things are going before he makes that huge decision. And that's what I was going to transition to next, because I know Bradley Beal has people have been adamant about Bradley Beal leaving Washington. And I know. And you know, he's, but he's been the loyal guy. He's been playing that Damian Lillard type of role where, you know, I respect the franchise. They respected me. This is home for me. So I want to stay. And he's signed multiple extensions throughout his career, but you know, for him to come out this go around and say, you know what we'll see. That's a different approach from even last year where he was like, no, this is home. I don't want to be traded. I don't want to go anywhere else. It's where I want to stay. In your opinion, since you've been around the team, what potentially could have caused this change of this change of heart where he's not fully saying I want to leave, but he is saying, I kind of want to keep my options open right now. Honestly, I think Bradley Beal is an intelligent person. And I think, um, I think it's a huge decision. Right. And I feel like you have to, you're, you're talking about your future. And at the end of the day, I think every NBA player needs to be selfish when you think about your future, because it's your future. And at the end of the day, the NBA is a business, right? And they will always operate as a business. So I'm all for players doing whatever's best for themselves. And I think it's a smart thing for Bradley to, to not commit so soon and not, and actually take his time, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't know what has changed, but I mean, Bradley, I think he's what, like 28 years old, you know, he's really starting to think about his future and, you know, his time left in the league. I'm sure he has a a long, still a long career, but um, maybe he wants to win a chip and maybe he's thinking of, he's really contemplating, you know, can I win a championship with DC or not? So I think, you know, that's something every player wants to win a championship. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, like if he stays, he'll, he'll have to just trust, you know, that wizard's process. But honestly, I don't, I can't say that I know what has changed, but I think honestly, like with time and with age, you become a little wiser with experience, you become a little wiser. So um, I think Bradley Beal is taking, you know, the smart route and actually thinking about his future, you know, and taking that time and taking as much time as he needs. I think that again, when it comes to your future, you really need to sit down and think about it. Um, I mean, it's a lot of money on the table, right? Like, ooh, it's a lot I, of money. I can use some of that change. <laughs> it's a lot of money, but um, he also has made a lot of money in his career, right? So it's going to be like what, it's about like what makes him happy. Is it, you know, the potential to win a championship? Is it the money? Is it DC? Is it the culture? Like what is going to keep him to stay? So it's a lot of questions that he has to answer himself and he's the only person that can do it. Right. 
Yeah, that is true. I feel like listening to the Bradley Beal situation is kind of very similar to Damian Lillard's situation because they're both loyal guys, you know, mm-hmm. loyal to the franchise. They want to stay. Um, although Bradley Beal has an extension on the table for him if he really wants to take it. You know, Lillard asked for an extension, and then with everything going on over there in Portland, you don't know if he's going to get that or not. And there's all these all the speculation now about how Damian Lillard, even though he, he has been vocal about staying in Portland, behind the scenes rumors about how he may want to leave and who he wants to play with and yeah. all of that. Like, it's like when it comes to Damian, it's like, I don't know what's true about all these reports about him. You know, I heard this week him wanting to play with Ben Simmons, like, I have no idea what's going on in Portland. Like, what is going on over there? <laughs> I have no idea. It's it, I had Sean Hyken on my show, and he lives out of Portland. Um, and covers the Blazers out there. And he even said, like, with all that stuff going on, he really doesn't think Damien's going to go. Okay. But the, G, the GM's position is important, considering that, you know, Neil O'Shea was there for the longest. He had, he had a long tenure with the franchise. You got, a, you got a new head coach in Chauncey Billups. So whoever that guy is, you know, going to be the GM, he has to have a good relationship with not just Damian Lillard, but Chauncey Billups as well to make this thing work, especially considering all the player injuries that they're going through. CJ's out with a collapsed yeah. lung, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah. When I heard that news, I was like, is he okay? Like, what the heck? Yeah. I, I don't that, – That's what it, everything's so up in the air. And I, and I, But I do believe that, like you said, the older you get, the more wiser you become. I think Damon's probably looking at this situation. And I can, if I, and I can see him, and I don't blame him, thinking, you know, okay, my, my right wing man is done. He's out right now, maybe for the rest of the season, depending on the seriousness of this situation. Got a rookie head coach that I like, but we're doing trash with the roster that's already there. I got a GM. I got a chaotic situation with my front office, because they can't even treat people right. Like... Yeah. I can see him being like, you know what? Maybe it is time to jump ship. And I've heard, and rumor has out there that if he does choose to leave, prime place would be New York in the Knicks. That could be a potential opportunity for you East Coast fans. <laughs> Who did the Knicks give up? You That's know? a good question. That is a good question. I I don't know, but you never know. Kemba's not working out right now in, the, in New York. You don't know if he's going to... Man. You know, I, I don't I don't know what's going I don't know how all that would play out, but it is similar to me as far as the process you gotta take really to evaluate a situation for a loyal guy, especially for so many years. Uh, Both players have had bad reps in the media regarding staying with franchises that they that people deserve, you know, should be better. They should be in better situations. And even though I agree with that, yeah, you can't knock loyalty. You can't knock no, you um, can't. Yeah. yeah, you can't knock loyalty and being and wanting to stay. Like they wanted to stay with their franchises to win championships with them. So yeah. in that in a league where a lot of that is kind of non-existent, I can't blame them for that. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Everybody listening right now, you are listening to the one and only storyteller, producer, all the above, you name it, Grady Diaz. Um, Grady, you know, before we, you know, jump ship on out of here, I got I got to give you some time to talk about your Celtics because, you know, what's going on right there? I don't know what's going on in Boston right now. (laughs) Listen, I know we have a new coach, so it's a lot of, you know, to me, it feels like the start of a rebuild. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, we don't have Danny Ainge anymore in the front office. It's Brad Stevens, you know, making decisions now. 
Um, Celtics are 13 and 13 right now. Like they're in the bottom half of the Eastern conference, you know, standings. And to me, that's just like, I didn't go into the season thinking that the Celtics would win a championship. Let's be honest. I did not. I don't think anybody did, but something's not clicking over there. You know, I, I don't know if I hate to say this, but I don't know if it's the, a JB and JT sort of thing in terms of like offensively, I don't, there's something not clicking. I'm not saying personally, I'm saying offensively, something's not clicking as I would like to see. And I know JB has been out, but I just feel like there's something missing. There are a few things missing on that team. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. I think we need a superstar big, like a superstar, superstar big um, Mm -hmm. to work with a Jason Tatum and to work with a Jalen Brown. But um, yeah, I mean, even, even Jason Tatum is, isn't having like the best start in terms of like shooting. He's kind of had, he's had many off nights, like many off nights that he's been, he's has spoken publicly about them, but um, you know, I love the way he played against the the Lakers the other night. And that was a great game. And um, I think anytime you see that Celtics and Lakers match up, it's a, it's a historic rivalry, right? So I think it kind of, it gives all players a little bit of an extra, you know, push, you know, extra excitement. So you could definitely tell that there was a lot of energy going into that game, a lot of energy during that game, but I don't know Celtics. They, they have a lot of, a lot of restructuring to do Um, again, starting off the season at 13 and 13, like, it's not a good start to me um and i get it there are a few new pieces new coach so there's a lot of adjustments to be made um but again something's not working right now and i'm just hoping that you know as the season goes on they can kind of either get better or make changes to make sure that the team does get better going down the going down the line because i do want to see the celtics win their 18th banner in the next few years i would love that in the next five years i would love to see the celtics you know capture that 18th banner and i feel like they're going to have to make some difficult decisions um but i do hope we keep jason tatum forever <laughs> that's the one player that i think yeah. that is our franchise player i would love to see him spend his entire career in Boston. Um, man, he, he looks great in that green uniform. I mean, that's that's ideal. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope, you know, that could happen too. But when you talk about the, the weird basketball chemistry right now between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it kind of reminds me, you know, we, you know, I'm in Chicago, so we talk about, you know, we talk about the Bulls over here. Um, it reminds me of, the D Rose Jimmy Butler dynamic, how it could have worked, but there was so much with you know Jimmy Butler being on the rise and Derrick Rose, whose team is it? Is it his team or is it my team? You know, Derrick Rose's team is Jimmy Butler's team. All that back and forth, even though they were winning games, and I think eventually they you know made the playoffs and stuff and things of that sort. And they never could get over that hump, and they eventually had to choose one or the other, and they obviously chose Jimmy Butler at that time. Yeah, I can see some of that dynamic with Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown, because Jason Tatum was the guy, you know, he was the guy, still is the guy. Is the guy, yeah. But Jalen Brown has emerged over so quickly over the years that that chemistry dynamic of how the offensive flow goes, especially when you don't have that point guard that you guys used to have. You used to have Kyrie and used to have Kimball. So, 
you know, without having that point guard either, you know, that can mess up the balance of the offense as well. And I can see how that dynamic, you know, messes that up a little bit, especially under a head coach who, you know, like I said, he made Udoka a very well-respected coach in the game. But, you know, that's a lot to figure out considering you don't have the elite point guard that you once had. You have to set up for a guy that fumbled $85 million to $100 million in, in the bag. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting this season. And to see Dennis um, kind of find his way, I feel like he's been playing better recently. But I think, you know, just kind of being able to take your mind off of that. Cause that's such a storyline, right? Going into every game, everybody's like, yo, this man fumbled $85 million. How could he blah, blah, blah. Now he's on a $5 million deal, one year deal. So I think that, I think as long as Den- as Schroeder can kind of put that to the side and literally go into every game and just hoop, I think that, you know, the future can still be bright for him. He's still young. And um, I think he's what, like 28, but is he 28? Dennis might be I think, around. I think he's like 28 but yeah. anyways um yeah I think he's 28 so I think that you know I think again just having new pieces on the Celtics and just again finding that chemistry finding that way to work together I know that you know Jalen and Jason they're scorers you know I think that I think something needs to change especially at the point guard position I feel like yeah Marcus plays um you know he's a He's a plays on in, on both sides of the court, very you know. But I just feel like I feel like we need maybe somebody different to be to be leading to be because the point guard is the leader of the team, you know. Is they're leading your offense, you know. So I think that there needs to be some sort of change there. And I hate to be the one that to say that, but I just I've seen Marcus play for many years, and yeah, he's he's been great. But I don't I don't think he's going to bring us to the promised land mm. unfortunately I don't okay. see I, I you know I would love for him to prove me wrong but I just I don't think I see it right now okay I understand that so now that obviously from the east coast perspective we talked about the Brooklyn Nets we talked about the Washington Wizards we talked about the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. briefly talked about my you know my top tier bulls um who do you think as of right now Obviously, like you, we meant, we, we thought it was going to be Brooklyn and LA in the finals. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's looking a little sketchy on both ends. Yeah. Um, who do you think could potentially come out of the Easter Conference with the way things are looking right now? Um, that's a good question. Let me get a second. Who do you think? Well, you know me. I'm on Chicago, baby. I'm going with the Bulls. I think Chicago is making a case for themselves right now. Um, I can't see the Celtics. Mm, Heat or Bucks, maybe? No, I can see that. I can see that. One of those two teams, potentially. I don't know if I see Chicago. Chicago would surprise me, I think, a little. They might surprise me a little bit. um, But it would be cool to see them um, make it out the East. But I think it could be a... Yeah, maybe Bucks, maybe Heat. I can see that. Yeah, that would be my other choices. If if the Wizards, nah. (laughs) You know what? That's wishful thinking. (laughs) Listen, they at one point they were number one on the in the Eastern Conference, but I mean, if they just so happen to 
click, click, click at the right time. You never know, right? You're right. But you never know. But, you know, as of right now, definitely not the Wizards. So at least we can say, though, that the Wizards, all three of these teams we talked about, including your Celtics, you think the Celtics are going to make the playoffs? Because I think Washington will. I think Honestly, Brooke, they will. might not. At this point, <laughs> my Celtics might not make the playoffs, and that would be so sad. But I could see the Wizards absolutely making the playoffs. Okay. Cool. Well, obviously, we'll see how things play out as the season goes along. Like you said, it's an early season, so we'll see how that how this goes. Um, as we get on out of here and transition, what do you got coming up? Because I know, you know, every time I'm looking on Instagram, you're doing something new in the East Coast and making, you know, doing your networking and your plugging in and, and everything like that. I see you doing your thing out there. So what do you have next coming up for our audience to pay attention to? Honestly, I would just say... Um... Just make sure you continue to, you know, watch me on Twitter, watch me on Instagram, TikTok, keep, keep up with me there and you'll kind of see what I'm up to. I have some, I'm working on some projects right now um, for 2022. So can't really talk about them just yet, but just know we're working right now. We're working behind the scenes, making sure that next year is on and popping for us. So just, I would say, just keep it locked on my socials. You know, I'm, I'm on there all the time. Um, just posting different events that I'm at, um, just different things that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, so just, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes right now. Where can, uh, where's, give everybody your social so that way they can follow uh, all the Sure. So um, all of my social has my first and my last name. So Grady Diaz, I think on Instagram, it's Grady underscore Diaz. On Twitter, it's just Grady Diaz. But yeah, you can find me. I have face, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And um, yeah, that's where I spend most of my time. Okay, I feel that. Everybody, you know, follow Grady, all the work that she is doing. And you can also follow me on the Instagram and the Twitter, Josh M. Hicks Media, and follow War Media on Instagram and Twitter as well. YouTube, um, you name it, we're all over the place. You can follow this podcast on War on Anchor, on all, po- on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're all over the place. Grady, thank you so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. I'm still going to find my way to the East Coast. I'm telling you. I love I'm, it. I'm, I love it's it. In the works. It's in the works. So, okay. you know, I'm going to find my way out there when I do. Definitely going to hit you up. We got the link up and, you know, just catch up in the real life setting, you know, because, you know, COVID messed up a lot of things. So, don't I know it <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that looking forward to keeping in touch with you and keep doing your thing awesome thank you so much and thank you for having me and we'll talk soon